My name is Daniel Miller. I'm your servant host, and this is the Biblical Anatomy Podcast. This is our last non-exclusive podcast episode. Joining us from this point forward will be the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast. I've already mentioned it on that platform, but I'll mention it here as well. Back in August, we took one podcast, which was the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast, and we split it into two. We formed this podcast, the Biblical Anatomy Podcast, and kept the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast going. The reason at that point in time was so we could focus more on Bible study and the Discipleship Conditioning Podcast and answering some of life's questions uh, based on my experiences and my knowledge uh, and the realm of biblical anatomy on the Biblical Anatomy Podcast. Well, fast forward about six months or so, and I'm actually now doing the opposite. I'm merging them back together again. However, instead of having each episode be a blend of the two, they're still going to exist as two separate ideas and they're going to work every other. So previously I announced that we were going to have membership tiers and that still will be the case. But as I reflected on it, instead of having a membership for discipleship conditioning that is only for that podcast and a membership for biblical anatomy, which is only for that podcast, part of the reason we're going to merge them together is that is so that one membership will cover it all. So your one membership to the exclusive and early access episodes of the Biblical Anatomy podcast will now get you access to that podcast, which will now include the Discipleship Conditioning podcast. I suppose you could think of it as turning into a network, the Biblical Anatomy Network, if you will. So again, I've already announced on the Discipleship Conditioning podcast what is to be taking place. I'm also announcing that here And if you're already here, there's really no change for you other than subscribe to the membership. Subscribing to the membership will get you access to exclusive episodes, which will only be accessible through the membership. Uh, And then it will also get you early access, among other features. Now, I've mentioned what those features are in previous episodes, and I also include in the show notes the membership tiers. Just know that it will now include basically double what we were going to include before because discipleship conditioning is joining us over here. And so we hope that answers questions and gives you clarity in that. So the podcast will release every seven days on a Wednesday, but every other episode will be either a a Bible study focus or a biblical anatomy focus. This week is a biblical anatomy focus, and this is the last episode that will be free or everyone. <clears throat> we discussed prior about maybe having the first five minutes be for free and those sorts of things. I'll be honest with you guys. Part of the reason why I'm making these changes is one, so I can have depth of relationship with fewer people. That sounds terrible, but I don't want to be superficial with everyone. I want to be deep and have those people be deep with others. And I think that's biblical. And two, <clears throat> along with that depth, I want, to, I want to be honest with you in the ease of process, and I don't want this podcast to conclude. And if this becomes too much of a 
project and not a passion, then this podcast goes away. It's a major reason why I'm pulling back tremendously on social media. Uh, Now, thankfully, I have some posts that are done in advance, but social media is going to look different because really it's, it's taking from me and it's turning this more into a project than it is a passion. And I don't want that to occur. I want to share the passion. I want to share the teachings. I want to love people, develop relationship, share my thoughts, and really encourage people to be in the word and to learn their anatomy from a biblical point of view. So the moment that that can't take place anymore, or the moment that my head is too into the weeds on social media or this podcast, detrimental things take place. And and that's why people quit podcasting. Trust me, I don't care how many followers, how much of an influencer I am, those sorts of things. It's part of the reason why the membership, I strategically want to influence less people and have it be a ripple effect. It's not 100% my responsibility to affect everyone, everybody. No one person can do that. Uh, when it comes to churches, an analogy would be a mega church versus a home church. I'm 100% more the home church person. I want to have deep, tight-knit relationships with people. And so I encourage you to subscribe and become a member of our membership program for this podcast, but not just have it be that you become a member. We want to know you and we want to be friends with you. We want to disciple with you. We want to fellowship with you. Again, we're not looking for this laundry list of people that we've subscribe have subscribed to our stuff and we can hang our hat on and say, look how many subscribers we have. That means nothing if we don't know the names of those individual subscribers. And this, I think, is a clever solution, this being the membership, a clever solution to the problem. And so that's the direction that we're headed. Uh, We ask for your support in that, whether you subscribe or not. And uh, we certainly hope that you will continue past this episode uh, in, in, in gleaning content from us. Well, today, our episode focus, now that we've announced all that, is titled, what men see. This episode is equally for my brothers and my sisters. I think it's important for confirmation of our brothers, but hopefully it'll be a podcast episode that uh, brothers you will share with sisters, with wives, those sorts of things, girlfriends, because I think it's important for them to know from a man's experience how we see the world, how we see things oftentimes a little more visual than they do. And I've got plenty of scientific data to support uh, this being empirical evidence in what has been monitored through research labs. But mainly besides that, I'm going to focus on my experience. And I'm going to take the topic of what men see, literal at first, but then I'm going to expand upon it and make it biblical and share my thoughts in that regard based on my experiences and based upon what the Bible says. So if you'd taken anatomy and physiology from me in the past, or in the future for that matter, when we get to the census chapter and we focus on the eyes particularly, I am going to emphasize gender differences. Within the eyes, we have what are called photoreceptors, and they're abbreviated as either rods or cones. Rods, simply just think of a light switch on or off. Is the light present or is it not? Some people might say light versus dark. Same sort of idea. Cones is going to be more clarity between colors, 
all the different colors. I joke and say, uh, you know, when you go to the store and they have that Crayola box that's got like eight colors in it, that's what men see. And then a little down the lane, you see the one that has the sharpener built in in the back and it has 256 colors. That's what women see. Um, there's a comedian out there named Fred Klett that kind of talks a little bit about that. Uh, what does he say? The color, it's not salmon, it's hibiscus. And he says something to the effect of, I think I missed school on the day that they introduced hibiscus. I don't remember asking another kid, hey, hand me that hibiscus crayons. And even though his context is a little outside of what I'm applying it to, I totally relate to that. It's red, it's blue, it's green, it's yellow, it's purple. That's about it. If it's some other aqua, whatever, hibiscus, salmon, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> and there's some scientific research to support that. Um, part of this is genetically related to the 23rd chromosome. There are three major uh, genetic references with these rods and cones associated with different colors. And if you know anything about colors and wavelengths, the wavelengths, the actual length of one wave uh, stimulates specific rods in specific cones, uh, rather the cones for the colors, rods for the light, but the cones for the colors and that exists twofold, two out of the three, on the X chromosome associated with the 23rd chromosome. If you know anything about genetics, XX chromosome on the 23rd is girl, XY boy. That's how it's determined uh, baby-wise. Now, even though our focus isn't that here, uh, that also confirms for us that father determines gender. Not that the father thinks about the gender and that's what they have, but based on what father donates, whether it's XY, determines gender. Why? Because mom donates XX. So if dad donates X, it's going to be XX, it's girl. If dad donates Y, it's going to be XY, it's going to be boy. Okay. So this matters because if two of those chromosomes are located on the X chromosome, there's going to be a lean towards better vision on the female side and not total better vision, but better vision in terms of color clarity because of this arrangement. There's also an influence of testosterone. Uh, in the brain specifically, the levels of testosterone that circulate through a male's body is approximately 25% or higher than that of the female brain. And although I don't completely understand, and frankly, I don't know that science completely understands either, it's something that we are edging out that we are trying to figure out more so, there is an influence on the perception of imagery. If we take that a step further, uh, we can look at visual images and get into some pretty unbiblical things like pornography and those sorts of things. And if you've ever wondered how that affects men or how it affects men differently than women, there's plenty of studies that you can look up. Um, and there's some studies out there that say there's a big difference. There's some studies out there that say that there's no difference between genders. From my research and from what I've gleaned from the articles that I trust and the articles that I pull from, part of it is this testosterone, that's fairly obvious, but part of it is the activation areas of the brain. And so when a man sees imagery, we'll just leave it at that for now, imagery, the way that it activates the brain sort of oscillates between this primitive part of the brain, which is the deep brain, and then you have the frontal cortex and the uh, pari or the frontal lobe and the parietal lobe. And between those two areas, you have a parietal and then prefrontal cortex. 
This is an area where a lot of things are occurring. Pain is one of the things that occurs in this sort of sulcus area between the two lobes. Uh, let me highlight some other things that occur in each of the lobes for you. Scroll down here. So what the parietal lobe is known for is attention processing and motivation stimuli. So <clears throat> this is where we focus our attention and this is where we have motivation, sort of a, a correlation with a dopamine effect. Also, here we're going to receive sensory input information that is based in touch, pressure, heat, cold, and pain. Then the frontal, so that's this location of the brain right here. And then frontal to that, in the frontal cortex or the frontal lobe, we have motor preparation and motor imagery. And then as we move even further forward, we're focused on different performance of motor tasks, judgment, abstract thinking, creativity, and uh, social appropriateness. So there's a bunch of things that we know that are going on in there. And again, as I've stated a lot of times in biblical anatomy, it's an iceberg effect. What we think we know versus what we actually know versus what actually exists are many different things. Um, what's above the surface for the iceberg is what we know at best, and what's below the surface is what we don't know, what we sort of infer to or we create theories about, and oftentimes we are proven wrong in that. But the point here is that the way that it's activating the male brain is sort of passing through some areas in which we are focused on attention and level of attention. Uh, now, if you're a sister listening to this and you're married, you could probably relate to speaking to your husband and then realizing he's not listening because he's so focal on something specifically. Men tend to be that way. When they get latched onto something, their focus is really deep in that area. If we want to think of this from an optimistic point of view, we would say that men are deep thinkers, that they really focus deep on things. They are not good, we are not good at performing a lot of different tasks at once, especially if we're trying to have any sort of quality coming out of those simultaneous tasks. It's generally better for men to be focused on one specific thing. <clears throat> so now if we take the word imagery and we become a little more graphic with it and we talk about pornographic imagery and even imagery that is present in our society on a daily basis, that sort of attention grabber can really have a dramatic effect on the male brain and as we'll talk about biblically, the, the male soul. Not here to create excuses whatsoever. I will preface what I'm about to say with it is the man's responsibility to look away. It is the man's responsibility to honor his wife and look away. Um, it is my responsibility in this household to limit how much TV we're watching, specifically commercial-based, that is geared towards the idea of sex selling. One, I don't want that influence. Two, I don't want my male children to have that influence and think that that is normal. And three, probably the most drastic for me, I don't want my female children to quantify that as normative, to think that that is how a woman is supposed to look and supposed to dress and that that gives her some sort of value in any way. I want all my children to believe that their value and know that their value is in God, their value is in Jesus, their Lord and Savior, not in 
what dress they're wearing or what their height is or what their weight is or how much they can bench press or how big their bust size is or any of that obscure, ridiculous stuff. Those are all societal implications. Nevertheless, members of our society have fallen victim to that and we see it every day. We see it in the news, we see it on TV, we see it in commercials, we see it walking down the street. And we see not as much anymore for other changes that I won't get into with this podcast episode, but when I was growing up as a teenager, I'd just be walking around the mall or downtown Boise, and you'd see a girl that was dressed in a very provocative way. And it's very difficult to keep your eyes away from that. Your attention is being pulled to that area. And so I almost have to think that this building in front of me is the most uh, wonderful building that I've ever seen, the most important building that I've ever seen, and sort of trick myself into focusing on that building because my eyes want to go to this sexual desire, to this imagery that's present. It takes practice. And although testosterone declining isn't such a great thing, I suppose one good avenue of it declining over time, specifically for me and the level of testosterone that I have, is that that process has become easier. Now, is it easier because my testosterone is lower? Is it easier because I've practiced it for many years? It's probably a little bit of both. But when I was 18 to 25, this was a very difficult process for me. And I'll be honest with you, frankly, a lot of times I just looked. I looked and oftentimes stared and chose the wrong way, gave into my submitted to my primitive desires, my sinful desires, if you will. So ladies, if you're out there, uh, I'm a big believer in extreme ownership and a big believer in what can you control. And so from my perspective, what can I control? Well, I keep my eyes away. I change the channel. Uh, Even if it's graphic audio, I mute the channel or turn the TV off completely Ladies, what can you control? Well, some of you may be ruffled by me suggesting that you wear a certain thing and put this upon you, but I hope that you marinate on this. I hope that you think about this message and how men in your life are affected by this. And I hope you do look at assessing at the things that you wear and the way that things are presented on your body and how they affect men. Because two things. One, women aren't affected the same way as men visually in that regard. I think it's fair to say that the way women are affected by touch is similar to the way that men are affected by vision. I also think that it's safe to say, and factual, that men don't dress in a provocative way the way that women do. And that's not to say that men are better than women or we're doing a good job and you're doing a bad job. I just don't think that that sinful value in society has been highlighted in men. And you could disagree with me. And in fact, you could probably convince me of otherwise as we're moving along through the 2020s now. As we're moving along through the 2020s, I think you're starting to see some of that in men that you didn't see before. Go way back through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and it was all about provocative women and they're being displayed. Whether they personally wanted to display themselves that way or not, that was encouraged. For men, I don't think it was that way. Maybe early 2000s, 2010s, you started seeing a little bit more of that. So my argument may be um, becoming invalid as time moves on. And time will tell to see 
uh, as we speak with our sisters and we observe research, how women are affected in that way. And all things, good and evil, are meant to glorify God for good, for his good. And so perhaps that evil will create sort of a level playing field and understanding what men have been going through all these years. Perhaps women will better understand that. Now, I think that that would be to the secular woman, uh, to the Christian woman, to my sisters out there. I think that there's already an understanding and that there's already a want to know more about how the men in their lives see the world, how they see things and observe things. Let's go back to the Bible and let's look at 1 Timothy 2 verses 9 through 10. And let's look and see at what Paul wrote to Timothy about this sort of thing, this level of modesty that we should exhibit as Christians. I'll actually go back a verse into verse 8. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Verse 9. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, verse 10, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. And then it goes on to verse 11, 12, so on and so forth. This is again, 1 Timothy 2. I read verses 8 through 10. I believe that the bi- the Bible is perfect, that it is in, in without error. Regardless of translation, regardless of the way that it's been interpreted or that it's been, people would argue, changed over time, I believe that God's hands are in and all over this living, breathing Bible that we have. I believe that the translations exist to speak to people in different ways. Talked about it before, and I can talk about it again in the future. There's sort of this spectrum of word-for-word translation versus thought-for-thought translation. I think most of us, myself included, start with a translation like an NLT that is more thought-for-thought, work our way to an NIV, and then understand this and realize that we need to head more towards the word-for-word direction, which is where your ESV is, your NASB, your um, KJV, those sorts of things. I personally am an ESV guy, and so I'm almost exclusively reading out of that. But getting as close and close, as close as I can get to the original transcripts, the more word-for-word idea in translation, the more I feel peace with reading God's word and applying without error the word towards my life. And so I take these statements to heart. This, this, believe it or not, what I just read probably stands out as um, a message towards women exclusively, but I purposely backed up as I looked at this and recalled the material. I purposely backed up one verse because in verse 8, There's actually some calling out of me there. In church service, probably the part of service that I'm most uncomfortable with is worship and lifting my hands up in prayer and honoring God in that way in true worship. That's, I shouldn't say probably, that's definitely what I'm most uncomfortable with in my walk with Christ. 
in my participation at church. And so just as much as verse 9 or 10 may call a sister out, verse 8 calls me out quite a bit too. I say all these things not to speak from a pulpit or to speak as though I've got this all figured out. I'm just a dude who loves Jesus that is walking this walk with you. It's why we're changing to a membership model so that we can be closer, we can be united, we can learn from each other, we can glean from each other. I hope that you've pulled something from this episode. The intention of this episode, not only to announce the exclusivity of our podcast moving forward, was to take my experience as a red-blooded man and my experience as a follower of Christ and academic scholarship that's out there, sort of combine all that together to speak to my brothers on how men see things. And to you, I believe that this was reaffirming to who you are and how you see the world. And speak to my sisters as awareness on how your brothers out there see the world. So hopefully you learned something from this. I would highly encourage you, if you are a woman, to ask a man in your life if he could listen to this episode and check any boxes or say, yeah, I agree with that and then have a discussion over it. But above everything, our goal in this podcast, both from the beginning and now with this merger, is for you literally to shut this podcast off, open up your Bible. And if there's not something that I say in an episode of the podcast that encourages you to do just that, I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing a good job. My goal is not to be worldly and tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear and see that subscriber number rise. My goal and my job is to speak as much out of God's word, if not more out of God's word, than my life application. I try to supplement that with life application. And uh, I suppose God gave me the gift of gab, and so I fail at that continually because I certainly have a lot to say. With that, I want to remind you how much I love you and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode within our membership program. Thank you for your time and God bless. We want to sincerely thank you for listening to today's episode and conclude properly with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I want to thank you for being here with us and continually being here with us day in and day out, or should I say week in and week out. I always look forward to Wednesdays and releasing a new episode and communicating with more depth with each of you. We've gone this membership route to ensure that we have a depth of conversation and that we are discipling each other and we are providing quality fellowship with each of you. We want nothing more and nothing less. We don't strive for a big following. We don't strive for subscriber counts or downloads or anything like that. We strive to make the biggest impact we can in each individual's life that God has entrusted us to mingle with. With that being said, we would encourage you to visit biblicalanatomyacademy.com and check out some of the new exciting things that we have. In the works currently are a textbook called Biblical Anatomy, of course the podcast that you're listening to, and then a series of courses that correspond with the textbook. You can check our courses out at university.biblicalanatomyacademy.com. We certainly hope that you check out our resources, and more importantly than checking out any one resource that we have, we hope that you email us, we hope that you correspond with us, we hope that you connect with us, and whether you're in the Boise, Idaho area or somewhere else, we hope we can connect with you uh, over coffee, whether it be in person or simply virtual. You can start that conversation by emailing me directly at hello at biblicalanatomyacademy.com. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you.